Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hi. Bon dia. Bon dia. Hello, and welcome to... The very first episode of our podcast. In which we are recording from our new, new home. In Portugal. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. What a week and a half, <sighs> sir. Where do we begin? Uh, we're just going to skip the pramble. We're going to just like jump because right into the life. the entire episode is a pramble. It's basically a pramble. It's basically a pramble. Uh, first of all, just how does it feel? This is, okay, let's just, let's start right here. <laughs> Um, this uh-huh. is not our forever podcasting setup right now. It's not? No, ma'am. No. No, ma'am. First of all, I would love, now that we have a home again. We do have a home. I would love a dedicated space. You want a studio. Where I can like have like a little bit of sound, okay. acoustic okay. stuff taken care of. I can of. be convinced. This echo, echo, hello, echo, hello. echo, echo. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, it's going to drive me insane. And uh-huh, I know like uh-huh. four people that listen to this will also be driven insane. But also like... We're in a home now. And this is part of what we're going to talk about is like buying stuff and like how guilty that feels and how it feels weird to like own things again. Yeah. But like I really want like good podcasting microphones again okay. that like I can set up and we can like sit down I feel down like to. you brought me here to this podcast episode to try to convince me to buy things. Is this what's happening? Because this is the first time hearing about like new microphones. Oh, that's not and, true. Like, this studio. is not the first no, time. This is, this is mean, not the first not time. Not the microphones, yeah. but the studio is definitely the first I've heard no, of this. No, that's not the first time. <laughs> okay. Uh, Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just want a podcast studio. Okay, thank you, know? you for sharing that. Yeah. Everyone's super glad that you brought that up yeah. and that you brought us here today to tell us Okay, that. great. Now let's move forward and talk about the actual <laughs> most important things. The most important things are we have had a wild week. Yes. And we're going to share it all with you, yeah. listeners, because some of you might be curious about, like, well, how does it feel to move into a new home in a country? completely different country yeah. and to be ending our travel adventures basically this is very true i mean it's not totally ending travel adventures we still have some travel that we'll do through the end of the year but like as far as full-time travel like going to new countries going to new countries and just like being yeah. on that adventure it's kind of a closing of a chapter which was also really nice for my like particular heart yes that the 300th day of this year of yes. traveling yes. was the day that we essentially finished our travel journey right so Jason, just for those of you who are now tuning in, Jason loves tidy things, and his his brain loves a tidy calendar, a round number, a clean butt, a clean butt, like (laughs) just clean, okay? And so he really had this idea of wanting to travel for a full year. That felt really good to your brain. Yeah. And when it became clear that we were not going to be traveling for all of 2022 because we found this place and we wanted to move to Portugal and whatever... I could tell he was disappointed that it wasn't going to be like a full clean butt year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then when you discovered that... By we, happenstance. It wasn't happenstance even by careful planning. That our travel adventure lasted exactly 300 days. Yeah. Wow. What a day for you. It felt you. good. It I did, know it, it did. It felt good. It felt like my mind was like, 
oh, well, that's such a bummer to like, oh, okay. Ooh. I don't mind. Like, so, kind of fell into this. We traveled for 300 days. Um, I think we'll definitely do an episode, by the way, for those of you who are like, oh, are you going to like wrap up the travels and like share with us? Yes. I think we have a couple episodes coming through the end of the year here as we're recording yes. to kind of like round wrap out the year yeah, of travel, so, share some of our highs, some of our lows, yeah. favorite stories, favorite places, Which will be, favorite those meals. Will, those will be really good episodes for those of you who kind of like maybe hopped in halfway during the trip and we're yeah. like, or missed you some halfway episodes. hoppers. You halfway hoppers. Yeah. You missed some episodes. Um, and so you'll just be able to catch up the whole thing. But this episode is going to be all about just sharing the experience of getting here yeah. and moving into our, our rental house Yes, and uh, buying a couple of things yeah. again. I definitely want to talk about some of the firsts. I want to talk about mm-hmm. some of like the moments of, of getting to a, a new place. And, and I, I obviously want to talk about the feelings obviously. and the emotions. Um, yeah. And I, I do want to share, I think just some of, because this is the content that I would want to listen to is like you, you plan for this thing what does it feel when you actually get there? Like right. to a finish line. It's not the finish line, but just like we, we made it to a finish line of some sort yes, here. And, and I think people can relate. It, you don't have to be moving to an entirely new country to relate to this feeling of you've been looking forward to something for months. You've had this sort of, as Jason just said, finish line out in the, you know, horizon in front of you and yeah. then you get there and how does the what reality does like? match up to the yeah. the expectation you've had for months at this point yeah so we'll talk about that um but first do you want to share just like chronologically yeah. how what it took to get yep. back to portugal it was a sunday morning at 10 a.m <laughs> and i loaded up the car with all of my things and i hopped on route 64 east and i headed to pick up my wife in the lovely hills of north carolina uh as silly as that sounds that's, that's exactly what, what that's happened that's what you did so uh, I had a girls weekend with my college girlfriends and we, we try to do this trip once a year since graduating college. We weren't able to during the COVID years. This is the first trip where the six of us were able to get together and no children. Yeah. They all all have have children. Yeah. And so it was just the moms and me (laughs) (laughs) and it was so fun and it was so necessary and so needed. And it just worked out that we were going to be back in the United States to do our visa stuff at like almost the same time that they were, they had been planning this trip because they thought I wasn't going to be able to be there because I was traveling and it all just worked out so great. We had a great time. So I was, we were all staying at a house in this area called Sapphire Valley of North Carolina. Jason had an Airbnb um, half hour down the road in Brevard near and, Asheville. And so then on Sunday, when they were all going to drive back to Atlanta to fly home to their respective places, Jason, I hopped in um, the car and Jason and I also were driving to Atlanta. Yeah. And so that was Sunday. Uh, very quick. We'll just give a couple little like anecdotes as we go Great. along here because I, I do anecdotes. think it's interesting to share. Um, how did you feel driving on the highway in the U.S. versus all the highways we've driven on in Europe yeah, for the past Yeah, that's a great question. So we haven't really talked that much about like reverse culture shock, but right. this is often a thing. If you leave the United States, you obviously are going to have culture shock going to new countries that you've never been to before and things are different and customs are different, blah, blah, blah. But you, you, know, you might not have heard that there's also a thing called reverse culture shock where if you've spent time out of the United States, you come back to your home country, really any country I would yeah. imagine, you come back to your home country and sort of things that you have gotten used to not having, you're sort of shocked all over again um, and you have new context for those things. And one of those things is driving in the United States. Yeah. So we, we often talked about driving 
A, because I have driving anxiety and B, I just think it's fascinating how different countries have different driving etiquette. Yeah. Um, one of the scariest places we have driven <laughs> all year is Italy. It's For sure. Terrifying. Yeah. I've even heard that people say that people drive quite fast in Portugal, but, and that is true, but I find so far we have yeah. found that Portuguese drivers are very good drivers and yeah. the roads are so nice that like, Italy, There's the thing about of Italy, for those room. of you who didn't hear us talk about this, the scariest part about driving in Italy is you're on a two-lane road. Yes. One lane going one direction, one lane going another direction, and a car will pass in the middle. In the middle of two other cars. When oncoming traffic is coming and your traffic is going. Yes. They so will go three wide to it pass. It is in a two-lane highway. And it's, it's not, terrifying. And it, it's not like they're just passing around a car before a car comes. No, no. They're passing while a car is passing them. They will also drive in between two lanes on the freeway. It's the Italian slide. The Italian slide. They will it. just, I'll be like, oh, they're changing lanes nope. without a blinker. No, they no, no. Just they just want to be in two it's lanes. It's a very aggressive driving <laughs> culture. As emotional as you know as Italians are, if any of you have ever been to Italy and you've heard the conversation like, oh, are they fighting? And it's like, no, they're just emotional. Yeah. They bring those emotions right, into, right the into the car. They're fiat. So, so that's Italy. But, yeah. but what's interesting is going back to the States, people are for I just feel like there's not a consistent driving custom yeah so like for example something you'll notice is a lot of people do not move over so like, or like you'll be slow in the left yeah. lane or fast in the right lane and there's no rhyme or reason in Europe you are taught every single country we've been to get out of the fast lane whether you're, you're driving go on fast. the left side of the road and it's the right lane or whether you're driving on the right side of the road and it's the left lane you are moving out of that fast and lane and really the fast lane is for passing it's too. for passing it's for everyone to get and going so, where they're going there's an there's an orderliness to it. Yeah. In the states, there is not an orderliness to it. My lane is it. my lane. It's like whatever lane I yeah. want to be in, it is I own it. And and like we had a few kind of like very um, scary run-ins when we were driving in the states of people just like coming wild out of driving. nowhere yeah. and being idiots driving. and like and and there's so a, anyway. Yeah, there's a difference between the uncomfortability of watching someone in a Fiat 500 pass another Fiat 500 in the middle lane of oncoming traffic in Italy, that's uncomfortable. But like everyone's kind of in that together and they know it's happening as much as we're like, what is going on? This is yeah. terrible. And there's a difference to like driving on like a six lane highway in the US and someone's doing like 120 miles an hour and passing Fast people and on the shoulder. styles. And like yeah. no blinkers and just like six lane. And it's just, and you would think it's like, oh, it's just one person. It's not. We saw it many times. And so I, I just bring it up because I think even for us, as we were coming over to Europe and we were scared to drive on the roads we've never driven on, it felt so orderly and organized, with the exception of Italy, <laughs> in all the places that we drove. And never once did I feel super unsafe driving. As uncomfortable as it was even to switch sides of the road, yeah. it felt so unsafe being back in the U.S. on those roads. And I'm not trying to paint that as the whole picture, but it's, again, like you said, it's the reverse culture shock. Like, it's just a different driving style yeah so i on. was very glad when we made the <laughs> two and a half what was it three hours three hours uh, to atlanta and when we arrived in atlanta i was like whoo because that was a stressful drive for me yeah one of the most stressful the entire year truly and, and yeah that's why i wanted to bring it up because yeah. it's like we drove in so many countries this year and we sat in ubers and taxis and things in so many countries and never once did i feel as uncomfortable as I did being back on those roads. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you get used to it like anything else, right? It's just like, oh yeah, like I'm a person who drives slower. I'm just going to move over to the right lane and like let everybody Yeah, we crazy. just weren't used to it. So, so yeah, we, we hunkered down at an airport hotel at the Atlanta airport. So the idea was 
drive three hours, just stay the night at an airport hotel. So here's what I want to share oh, about sure. about that. I know you were about to go through the whole thing, but yeah. I want to kind of preface this by saying one of the things we've learned this year, and I know a lot of you listening listen to this because you are relate to me in that you maybe have anxiety or you're a highly sensitive person or even you have you know, any health issues or things like that. Um, because you write into us and I know that, that a lot of you deal with some of the struggles that I deal with as well. And something that we've learned this year is like, don't try to pretend you're someone you're not when it comes to traveling. Yeah. And so for me, that means understand what my limitations are and don't try to be a hero. Meaning we knew that we had to get from Atlanta to Boston and Boston to Lisbon. That was our our truck, right? So, or from Sapphire Valley to Atlanta, yep. Atlanta to Boston, Boston to Lisbon. That's what our route was to get back to Lisbon. Yeah. A lot of my friends, they drove from Sapphire to Atlanta. They got right on a plane. They, they flew home to their places that they live and they can do that in one day, no problem. And they can go to work the next day. Yeah. That is not me. Yeah. And so I need to know that about myself. And so when we were deciding this, how to get over here, my biggest thing was that, that, time change and overnight flight from Boston to Lisbon is probably going to be the hardest part of the whole thing. And so I need to be able to be in my most strong mental, uh, fortitude for that. And so we just said, let's take our time. So what we did was we said, we're going to do one day for driving Sapphire Valley to Atlanta. We're going to spend the night in a hotel that night. The next day we're going to fly from Atlanta to Boston. It's only like a two hour flight, two and a half hour flight, two and a half hour flight. And we're going to spend the night at a hotel then as well. Yeah. Then the next day, we're going to fly overnight from Boston to Lisbon. So it was like a three and a half day adventure travel thing. And I know for most people, they're like, well, I just don't have that time. And I totally understand that. And you make it work. But we do have the flexibility in our schedule and we do have the time. And so we chose to make it easy on me. And it was like the best decision. Yeah. And I think one of the other things here is to see like, where are you in your life when you're planning this set of travel. So we're moving into our brand new home after 11 months of full-time travel. Let's set ourselves up for success. Right. We're already going to be tired flying an overnight flight from Boston to Lisbon. Let's not like cram a bunch of things right ahead of that. Let's like space it out a little bit so that when we arrive, we're still going to be tired, but we're not going to be as tired like as we would have been. And so that I think is why we were so easily able to move into enjoying our new place, which we'll get to, I promise. So we're going to get to it. But um, yeah, so anyway, we got to Atlanta. We stayed at an airport hotel. Um, we... Then uh, took a flight to Boston the next day. We were able just to walk through the Boston airport to the hotel that was connected. That worked out absolutely perfectly. Actually, the hotel had like a beautiful view of downtown Boston and the harbor. Well, probably because we'll be flying back into Boston a lot. I think we'll probably stay at that hotel going forward. Going to be frequent visitors. Maybe they can just lock in a room for us that we (laughs) like. We'll just try a couple. (laughs) Uh, And that that the reason why we chose Boston because we basically could have flown out from anywhere to come back to Lisbon Mm -hmm. this this specific time is the flight from Boston to Lisbon is one of the shortest. Yes. So it helps us if we're people who can travel, you know, for two days to get back over across the Atlantic Ocean. Well, let's choose the shortest leg for that final overnight flight. And so the flight was, so we're at the Boston Hotel, we spend the whole day, and then we board our plane. It's a 6 p.m. departure, Mm -hmm. uh, which is always just bizarre to be getting on a plane at night knowing you're going to be flying overnight. 
And the captain pops on. Yeah. As we're we're boarded, we're seated, we're getting ready, we're hunkered down. And what does he say? So just to give you an idea, I'm thinking this flight's going to be seven hours. Right. It was eight coming over. It's always slower coming over from yeah. Europe to the U.S. But it, the the flight said seven hours, so I'm like, okay, seven hours, seven hours. And I set this is a little life hack for those of you who don't like flying. I set a timer on my Apple Watch for halfway, yeah. so that I have like a little mini. So I'm like, okay, three and a half. If I can do three and a half, then I can do another three and a half, and it'll be fine. He comes on and he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, eh, we'll be catching a mighty tailwind going over. So uh, making our flight time five and a half hours. Yeah. And I am like, the travel gods have smiled upon <laughs> me. I don't know what I did to deserve this, but yeah. I'm so happy. So it, a seven hour flight turned into a five and a half hour flight, which by the way, is pretty much what we used to fly from California to Florida. Yeah was like a five and a half hour flight yeah. certain times. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was one way or the other, but anyway. Yeah, one way was slower and like sometimes you would hit wind and it would slow you down. So but, yeah. But like what? Five and a half hours. So anyway, I was elated. Yeah. And the flight overall was pretty good. Yep. I, I do not like overnight flights because I can't sleep, but I'm practicing working on that. So my personal win was I did shut my eyes for like 45 minutes. I did not sleep, but I was able to shut my eyes. I'm not kidding you. Until this year, I have never been able to close my eyes on an airplane. Yeah. I have not been able to close my eyes on an airplane. Let me repeat that. Yeah. Without getting these like jolts of like adrenaline. And I don't know what that is, but I guess I've worked through it. Um, so that was a big win for me. Yeah. And um, we arrived at about 5 a.m. Yep. And we had rented a car. For those of you who are like, what are you doing for a car? Yep. For this little stint, we're only going to be here for about six weeks before we go back for Christmas. We're renting a car. And then we're going to figure out what to do for a more long-term option when we get... Well, actually, we're figuring it out right now. Yeah. And so that'll be set up for January. But... um. We, so well, we, yeah, so I'll pick up. Great. So we, uh, we were following the advice of the time shifter app, which I'll yes. leave a link to in the it show notes. It is a paid app, but it worked for us. Yeah. And it's just helpful. It doesn't, it's not like groundbreaking information, but it's just helpful for when you should stop getting natural light, when you should try and go to sleep, like the night before you're leaving, when you're doing an overnight flight, like when you should try and like how much you should try and sleep, when you should start drinking coffee again, like it just really helps. And for us, we basically had no jet lag from this almost no jet lag which is over, unbelievable which is fantastic and when we came over from Europe to the US we also followed time shifter and again basically had no jet lag as well so yeah. not saying it's a cure all and it has like all the most amazing things ever but like it really did work for us yeah. so when we landed we went through customs we got our bags and we immediately had a coffee at the airport yeah cuz it told uh, us to yep yeah. then we got our rental car and we had to like play the rental car game which is just frustrating at 6 a.m. <laughs> Would you like to share? I would just like a small rant. Yeah, sure. We don't. Lo we're not big complainers about this, but like, I think rental car companies really kind of bother. We have sometimes. had really good luck with rental cars this year, but this was the first time we get there. We've paid for a thing, yeah, and they go, "Oh, sorry, we don't have a car in that category category available." Yeah, um, but we have these other ones, and. Okay, that's a little disappointing, right? They don't have the car you promised. But I'm thinking to myself, surely he means they have these other cars available and you're for the same price. Right. Surely he means that, right? And suddenly I'm picking up between Jason and him communicating that no, we would have to pay extra for these cars that they have available. And yeah. so it's either the options are a car and by the way, this is not just like I want a fancy car. This is I don't feel safe when I'm in like a 
car on the freeway, especially going at the speeds that you go at in Portugal, where you can feel yeah. like, any of y'all who have been in cars that you can like feel the, the and wind. And you have driving anxiety. And so there's and a big difference. anxiety. And there's a yeah. lot of sweeping turns in Portugal. And I just need to feel a car that's like close to the ground that handles well, right? This is why we need the largest Mercedes they have with a driver <laughs> at all times. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, honestly, kidding. we just, we wanted a mid-sized car, like a, a little hatchback, like a a BMW hatchback or a Mercedes hatchback exactly. or a Volvo hatchback. That's like the most popular car in Europe. It's exactly. not even super fancy. Right. So so I'm starting to pick up in the context that he means either we can have a much less... Yeah. Like, like a, a cardboard hatchback with wheels on it. Yeah. <laughs> that for a lesser price or a nicer car and we have to pay extra. Yeah. And, I, and it just boggles my mind because it's like I understand you have a fleet and you can't control when you have what cars or whatever. Although I'm like... If people are booking, you should know what cars you have. Anyway, it just made me really like, I definitely did not show my dissatisfaction because first of all, it's not that guy's fault, right? Like, and I don't want to be one of those people who's like, you told me this. Like, I'm not doing that. But inside, I was a little bit like, that's just a bad experience. Like you pay for a thing and you say that that thing's going to be available and then you get there and they go, we don't have this thing, but you have to pay extra for this thing to get anywhere close to the thing that you bought. And I'm like, there has to be a better way. I think the big takeaway for me from this experience is one of the options that's been out there for us in living here full time, especially when we come back in January and we're going to be here for the full year moving forward. We're trying to figure out what to do because we really don't want to buy a car because we don't know if we're going to be here for more than a year. That's the plan. But We'll, we'll see how it goes is one option would be to just keep renting cars over and over and just like go and return them and switch them out. And I think this experience right at arriving proved like we're not going to do we're that. We're not going to do that. Because there's so much unknown yeah. and there's so much uh, like inflexibility to the amount of money that you'll pay. Like yeah. you might show up and it's like, okay, well, all we have available are like a Volkswagen Golf, which there's nothing wrong with a Volkswagen Golf, but it's like you wouldn't feel safe because of the size of the car and like it feels like it'll get blown away on a highway at times. But then <laughs> and it does get windy. <laughs> we also don't want to get in a position where it's like you have to pay $400 extra for these three weeks or whatever. So yeah. anyway, all of that to share. We don't go on little rants that often, but that yeah, was one that I had to share. It's just to share too that like there's always these little moments that interrupt the perfect idea of totally. we're moving to Portugal, we're moving into our home. It's and like so dreamy. you arrive at 6 a.m. and like you have a rental car scuffle that you have to get into. Now, thankfully, <laughs> yeah. when we got to the garage, the guy who inspected our <gasps> yeah. car was like, hey, this one has a cracked rim and I'm not going to give it Let to you, you because it. like it's going to potentially be an issue. Which made me feel happy. So I was like, well, that's really nice that someone yeah. checked on that. So anyway, uh, we had three hours to basically kill before we were able to meet the folks at the place to get the keys so you scouted out keys to our new place yeah yeah you scouted out a very cute hotel that had a restaurant that was yeah. open pretty early in Ericiera, which is <laughs> Ericiera, I think. Ericiera, um we'll see we'll figure it out it's, i think it's e i i don't know yeah neither of us know neither right of us so know. i think that's a big part of what we're learning this year too of like pronouncing anything in the portuguese language is going to take time. It's going to take... It's fine, but I'm going to continue to call it Ericera. Also, let's just come back to Nazare because no <laughs> one in Portugal pronounces Nazare, Nazare, Nazare the same. Yeah, true. So, so I found there's this little kind of like... Um, I want to say it's like a cool little surf town yeah. that's uh, on the coast north of Lisbon, Ericera. And I found this uh, cool hotel that has a restaurant. Okay. And it did say open for breakfast. So I thought we were going to have like a little sit-down breakfast. Um, so we walk in. And I suddenly realized, oh, they don't have sit-down breakfast. They have a breakfast buffet like a normal hotel does. And my favorite part is, but they're like, yeah, you can just pay for the buffet. So we're like, great. 
So we sit down and then all of a sudden we see people trickling in and they're all wearing the same like t-shirt with like a logo on it. And I suddenly realized that like literally a startup company has rented out this hotel for like some type of company retreat. And Jason and I are just sitting at a two top (laughs) amidst amidst everyone with them looking at us like, do they work at this company? There's just like 25 people who are at this company retreat. And then there's just the two of us. And it was really funny. They were like, everyone was looking at us, but I didn't care. I had great coffee, some good little uh, breakfast items. And it's also a a hilarious, like for three weeks we were in the U S and we ate breakfast out a few times. And like, we got used to very quickly the, like you sit down, you have a menu, you order things. And like in Europe, most of the times breakfast is like a buffet at places. It's like a simple buffet. And like, you just go and like get stuff. And so it was just funny, like going from like ordering on a menu and then going back to like buffet life in a hotel. It's just a weird thing. Anyway, moving on. So we had uh, our cute little breakfast. I don't know that that's a difference between America and Europe, just because there's plenty of places in America that have breakfast buffets, and there's plenty of places in Europe You've that have breakfast. You've been going to Sizzler breakfast buffets? Sit downs. But I will take that as an, your experience. Yeah. And then, so we we ate breakfast. We were grateful to have just like a hot little breakfast. And it, had a, it was a gorgeous hotel. We were like, we should come back to this place Very for a sit-down dinner. And got back on the road. And it was just perfect timing. Yeah. And we loved the the drive up was just as beautiful as we remember. The further you get away from Lisbon. Lisbon is sort of like at what you imagine. It's a big city. And so things are hectic around there. The the, the um, exits and and all the, the ways that the roads converge is kind of hectic. Um, you know, there's lots of like stores and like things like that. But as soon as you get like 10 minutes away from there, everything just like kind of stretches out and opens up and you just see nature. And during the drive, it was right when the sun was rising. And so we just had these beautiful views of, it was all the things that we remembered loving about Portugal when we came in August, gorgeous scenery, beautiful nature, this like fog mist that the silver coast is known for um so that made me really happy and then we literally arrived at our neighborhood like five minutes before nine love it it's like it's another clean butt moment it's it's just like in my mind it's just just like like, oh we are here on time so yeah we uh pulled up we parked we just kind of like sat for a moment and then we met the folks who basically in this development where we are living there are 60 homes i looked it up it's like a little community it's not gated per se but it definitely is like a little enclave like you definitely it's definitely like kind of separate from yeah. the main road. Yeah. And there's a couple little areas. And so we're in one of the little areas. So we met uh, the folks and they said, we'll drive over and we'll meet you at the place and we'll do a little walkthrough and all the things. So uh, this is where you're like a kid and like you're going downstairs you're like, yeah. and you're getting your Christmas presents and you're like pulling them into your little area and you're getting ready to open them. Uh, so we parked in front of our home, which we're renting. If that wasn't fully clear, we are renting. We're not buying. Um, one of the amazing pluses of this place that we found is that it is fully furnished, fully furnished, which is just so helpful Including when you're including like art on the walls, art on the walls, not too much, but silverware like in the drawers. Like, yeah. Like you... we are buying some things, which we'll get to buying things, but it is so nice to not have to make big purchases yeah. and also have to navigate them. I was also uh, texting with our good friend, Jen, and she was like, oh, if I was moving over there, like I would get sucked into some real good Scandinavian furniture real quick. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we would have had trouble because there's so many good options, but we didn't have to make any of those choices because this place came with all the things we need, would need. So we uh, started doing the walkthrough. So we basically went through like every room of the house and they were showing us. I thought us, that was so nice. Yeah. They, sh- they show us like, okay, what to do if you need to shut off the water or like where the fire extinguishers 
the are. fuse panels. The fuse panels, yep. yeah. All everything you need to know about like how does this house work? Yeah, and they you know uh, showed us where the meters are. They told us when you know just things would be happening around the neighborhood and whatnot. And <laughs> I love that there's like an inventory sheet that we had to sign off on, like the amount of linens. Like yeah. I don't know why, but like apparently like maybe some people steal some linens around here. They're a hot <laughs> item. But uh, yeah, so we we finished that. We signed a little piece of paper. They handed us our keys. They left, and then. We just got to have this moment where, you know, all of our stuff is still sitting in our rental car, but we're just standing in this home looking around and being like, we live here now. It was such a weird feeling because the last time we had been here was when we were thinking about moving here and it still felt very like model home-y. Yeah. And so it was like this weird moment of your brain being like, it's sort of like, um, you know, that dream of when you're a kid of like, that you get left in like a, like a Walmart or something and they lock the doors and you're like... I own this Walmart now. I, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I live here now. I don't know. It was like that feeling where you're like, I don't, it doesn't feel like my home yet, but like they just left and now I'm here and like and I, I live keys here. And yeah. 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 And I, I think there, so some of the initial feelings that, I mean, especially for me, and I know you want to share all of your feelings, but With me feelings. No, it's just this, it's this weird thing where, you know, we brought our bags in, we started to unpack. Also, just as a reminder, like we just did an overnight flight. So it's like, we're not fully with it. Oh, I'm delirious. But it's this, this idea of in my brain, I'm like, okay, like we're going to be here for two weeks and then we're going to leave and we're going to move on to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But I kept having to tell my brain like, no, like taking the view of the balcony and that's where we're going to be for six weeks. And we'll take a little break. Then we'll come back. We'll be here for a year. Mm -hmm. And this is like our home now. And it was just like this really weird juxtaposition of like fighting my brain of we're, we're going to leave. Don't unpack. Like, don't get too comfortable. Like we're going to be on the, the move to be like, no, like this is where we're going to be. And it's just like a very interesting kind of like battle in my brain. Yeah. My overwhelming feeling those first probably two days were just this weird surreal feeling because going back to what we were saying when we started, you've been dreaming of this moment. You've made this big decision. You've been anticipating how it will feel when finally you're in one place and you're in, you know, I've been watching our walkthrough video of this place, reminding myself of like what I'm excited about. And then when your physical body is here, it's this weird mismatch where you go, your brain doesn't like yet know how to match up the fact that this is your reality. Yeah. Um, and that feeling, that surreal feeling is very strange um, it feels like you can't quite connect to your reality, but I just knew that's how it was going to feel. So I was like very much prepared for that feeling. And even just now, what are we like five days yeah. in or whatever? It feels much more like grounded in reality totally. now. Um, but for those first two days, I was like, yep, this is just how it's going to feel. It's going to feel like this isn't ours. It's going to feel like this isn't my life. It's going to feel like, what am I doing here? Um, and I just sort of told myself like, just give it time and you will start to feel more at home. Um, but that was a really weird, weird feeling. Another unexpected weird feeling that I don't know if I'm going to explain this correctly and probably no one will be able to relate, but I just wanted to share it is that for, after I took a nap, because time shift were told us. <laughs> I also took a nap, which I and never took a do. Nap, but yeah. we, we, we napped and that was actually very smart. So it took about a three hour nap, got up around noon and you know, then we could do stuff like go to the grocery store and whatever. But later that night I was able to actually unpack my suitcases and like, I was so looking forward to like putting things in drawers and putting things in the closet, whatever. And I did that. Um, and all of a sudden I had this like very weird, vulnerable feeling. Like I had just like given all my things away. Like it, it felt strange to spread them out. And I think it's because after 
you know, 11 months of only having everything that you own, like basically on your back every few weeks, because every time we would travel to a new place, you put all your things together again. You can see them in three bags. You wear, I wear the bags on my physical body and I just sort of have like my things with me at all times. And so like spreading them out into closets and drawers and all over the house felt so vulnerable and so weird. And I kept telling Jason, I feel like I'm a turtle without my shell. Like I just feel very like mushy and like very unprotected and very like, like just unanchored. And it was just a strange, strange, strange feeling. Yeah. And I felt much better the day after. Um, but I don't know. It just, when I went to bed that night, it felt like someone was going to come in and take all my things from me, which was weird. Yeah. Um, so that was unexpected, but then yeah, so that was like kind of our first night. It felt really good. We watched our first sunset. We, yep. we had a little bottle of wine because we went to the grocery store. And then surprisingly, um, by Friday, so basically our first full day was Thursday. So we yeah. just kind of like. Yeah, just like relaxed. Relaxed. And like took and it in and, you know, made a salad, made some dinner. Like and kind of took inventory of like, what, what do we need? Those linens. We made sure we had <laughs> the linens. <laughs> what do we need? And then by Friday, we felt good enough to actually, it became clear like, this place is furnished and it's great. There are a few things that we needed to kind of like make it more a home, a home for us and functional for us. And so we made a list and then we decided to go on a great adventure on Friday. The great shopping adventure. The great shopping adventure, starting with the keystone of every moving trip. Ikea. Ikea. Uh, For those of you who are curious, what is shopping like in Portugal? So where we live, which is a little beach town, you're not going to find too much stuff, but that's kind of the same thing like where we lived in California. Like there wasn't that much, you know, right around us. Right. Um, But just a 45 minute drive down the road, there's an Ikea. Right next to that, there are like 15 different home goods stores that we could go to. We ended up going to four of them Mm -hmm. uh, in total, including Ikea. So we made a list of the things that we kind of needed and wanted. uh, The biggest items being standing desks. Yeah. So uh, we actually bought two of the standing desks that you used to have, which is just a little manual hand crank one. And it's not that big of a desk. Like I had kind of the oversized motorized standing desk mm-hmm. for five years and that desk was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we ended up just buying the little hand crank ones and we found this little nook in our living room and we have like a living dining kitchen open concept. And we just, we like to put our desks in the living space. Because the living space typically has the best view and yeah. we work a and lot. I, <laughs> and I know a lot of people, you know, when working from home, and as so many of us got to do in the past couple of years that maybe hadn't done it before, you want to have separation of work in right. like your living space. And so it totally makes sense when folks don't want to do that. But I think for us, because we've been doing this, you know, me for 17 years now, you for, you know, 15 years or whatever, <laughs> it, it's 20 years, 30 years. It's... <laughs> there's not a lot of separation that we need from work and life. Like they blend so closely together that we don't mind having our desks uh, in that space. So anyway, uh, standing desks were the big item. There were a bunch of little kitchen items. You had a lot of organization items that you wanted to get. Yes. Like, or cause the closets are just basically shelves and, and racks. And yeah. so I wanted some bent, some little cubbies. Like, felt cubbies to yeah. separate items. Um, so that's what Ikea is great for. Yeah. So, uh, we, we did the Ikea trip, the adult amusement park that is Ikea. We made it through in two hours. I don't know if that's a, a good time or not. I think it's a pretty good time. <laughs> time I know that I did the record time of 11 minutes in Ikea once Wow. because I didn't even go through the showroom. I no. went straight into the delivery area. I knew the rack to buy the thing. I bought it. I was in and out. It was a world That's record. That's the way to do it. Still have the ribbon. Thank you so much. Uh, but we did Ikea. Then we had three other home goods stores that were in like a little shopping center that we were going to go to. But we ran into our first kind of low moment of the trip. 
Yeah. Well, (laughs) it wasn't even that low of a moment, but I just share it because this is a great example of how sometimes like the tiniest thing that you don't expect the tiniest curveball when you're already depleted can just send you into a tailspin. So we had been to Ikea. It's two hours. By the way, Ikea is honestly the worst thing for my eye condition that you could possibly do. Um, because you're having just anyway, you're turning, you're scanning it. So I was already like a little dizzy from looking, a little tired because it's just a lot of decisions and things like that. Then we had this whole snafu with like the click and collect because like it's hard. We don't know like the customs yet. So we're doing self-checkout. There's a little bit of a language barrier with someone asking us questions. Then the click and collect, you have to like, for the desks that we got, you buy the legs, but then you have to go collect the tabletops or whatever. So we have to navigate all of that. We go to the click and click and collect area. We don't know what we're doing. We finally ask somebody. They Anyway, so I, I just want to share all of that to know, like, we've already been in, like, a little bit of a hurdle, right? Yeah. Then we get in the car, and I start, I tell Jason, I'm like, I'm starting to get a little hangry. And he's like, oh, I Which said. we brought snack bars on the way, which we ate, which was great. Which was great. Had we not had those, oof, oof. meltdown. I'm like, I think we need to go to lunch before we go to the other stores. But we hadn't picked out a lunch spot, Ooh. which was our mistake. Because, like, if you're going to do errands, like, a bunch of errands, like, in a place that you don't know, like, just do yourself a favor and do some research ahead of time. Especially to in a foreign country. Where you're going to eat. Yeah. So I'm on Google Maps. I'm trying to make a decision about where to eat. I, I don't know. Nothing is, like, really tickling my fancy. Finally, I see this, like, sit-down restaurant. It's five minutes away. I'm like, this is the place. Yeah. Seems good. Jason's like, okay. We get there. First, we pull in, and there's the tiniest, teeny, teeny, teeny parking lot with, like, just cars everywhere. Yeah. Cars are everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know where we're going to park. Then we see a another lot that has like a gate to it for the restaurant next door, which seems like you can park there. And we were like, we'll figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. So we go into the lot. I feel good about that. We figure out where to park. We've now we've, you know, traversed this other hurdle. Then we turn the corner to go to walk to the, where the restaurant is on the map. And it's a totally different restaurant. <laughs> like it's kind of called the same thing, but not really. The place I was looking at was like this, like sit down thing where we could just sit down, relax for a little bit. This instead is like a, um, fast casual place and there's like people coming in and out and I don't know how to order and I don't know what to order and just it totally threw me because it was not what I expected and I just was already at such a like I'm depleted depleted place place. and y'all this you would have thought (laughs) that like someone had just like just the worst thing had happened tears start to well up in my eyes I still can't figure out what it was I think it was just my brain froze yeah it was something I didn't expect I was depleted and so tears start to well up and I, I had that moment of like, all I want is something easy and comfortable. And I'm in this place that is anything but easy and comfortable. And I just had this moment though, where I think this is what personal growth feels like. Because in the past, that would have like, I my brain would have said, I'm done with this day. Yeah. Take me back to my comfort zone. Take me back home. I'll We'll come back out another day. But I had this moment where I was like, this is it, Caroline. Yeah. These are the moments that you have told yourself to come to expect. Ask yourself, are you okay right now? And I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm just at a fast casual restaurant <laughs> instead of the sit-down restaurant. It's not that big of a deal. And I can figure this out. Like, we'll figure out the parking. We'll figure out what to order. We'll figure out everything. It'll be okay. And so it's not like I was, like, shutting down my emotion. I was, like, letting myself have a moment. But I was sort of like, I'm not going to let this emotion take over. Yeah. And so I just sort of like sniffled my little tear back into my eye and I was like, okay. And thankfully I did have Jason. And in those moments I looked to him because he's very unfazed by these things. And he was like, 
let's just figure out what to order. Like, yeah, let's we'll just, just order eat some here. stuff. It's fine. There and are other. So, the, I think the good thing about that place, like, it would have been a completely different scenario had no one been there. Right. I'd have been like, oh, this is not a good place. Yeah. But it was busy. It was and busy. so it was like, oh, no, people like this food. So we just need to, like, translate the menu and order some stuff. And I think that this is one of those moments where it's our first one that we've had living here and living in a foreign country and, like, being out of our way out of our comfort zone and I know we're going to have more of these as the year goes on but the way that my brain thinks about it is like yes but the let's even call it once a month that this happens for the for 12 months those 12 uncomfortable moments and maybe it'll be more than that those do not get outweighed by the amazing fantastic moments of where we live totally and and I think that that for for like the big picture of like why move to a new country? Mm-hmm. Why move out of your comfort zone where you speak the language? Why move to a completely foreign area? It's because it feels so good in the home that we've chosen and in the neighborhood in the area that like those tough moments, while they suck, like it, they're outweighed by the rest of it. And, and maybe this is just the way that I view life, but even if it's uncomfortable in the moment, I can zoom out later on to the big picture and go, you don't, you don't gain any resilience by not putting yourself in those moments. You don't test your ability to handle curveballs until you get thrown a curveball. And so it's like, to me, navigating through that moment successfully is not that you never feel the discomfort at all and that you don't cry or that you don't feel panic or you don't feel like I want to go home. Like success through that discomfort is not that it never happens at all. It's that you go, I'm not going to let this shut me down. I'm not going to let this make up a story in my head about how I wish I wouldn't have done made this move. You know what I mean? It's like, and to me, that's the way you build resilience is you have to test yourself in those moments. And so we ordered food. It was delicious. I ordered chicken wings um, (laughs) and they were really good. Yeah. And, um, and I got to gather myself and we still had like, we still went to three more stores. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say, I think an interesting metaphor for just like how you have changed this year and maybe we'll do a whole episode on how you've shifted this year, (laughs) uh, is like when we would have run into these situations before it would have been like a Florida monsoon thunderstorm situation. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just like, again, like you said, the day is over. Like, we just can't do anything else. Now it's like, it's a drizzle. Like, it's a drizzle. It, it hits you. It's it's a bummer. Like, oh, this is an inconvenience. But like, I can move past this. Like, it's just a drizzle. It's going to clear up in a minute. And I think that's the awesome thing that I've seen this year is like, you know, when the year started, one of these things hit you. It's like, okay, yeah, we just have to reset for a day. Like, we're not doing anything the next day. Like, and I totally understand. And there's no judgment of you for that. But where we are now is like, Oh no, like this doesn't impede the rest of the day. This is like, I just need a few minutes to reset. Exactly. And that's the important part is like, it's not about judgment. If no matter where anyone is in their ability to weather discomfort or move through it, like it's not, there is no judgment of like someone better or worse of doing that. It's just for me personally, that is growth. That is something that I wanted to, to cultivate in my life was being able to weather those things a little bit with a little bit of a quicker emotional turnaround. And the fact that I'm able to do that now is really great. So after our delicious lunch yeah, so and we, we figured out parking. Yeah. We figured great. out parking. We navigated it very thankfully as we've just noticed pretty much like all over Portugal is English is very spoken, very much spoken. Yeah. Everywhere. Even if someone doesn't know very much English, they know enough. They know enough to tell you like, Oh, just go down to the end of the counter and like, they'll help you validate your parking Which ticket. Which has been what so helpful. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we, we made the like 10 minute drive over to the shopping center that had the three other home goods stores that we were going to go to. And really a lot of this was just to like go to these 
stores to see what was there. It wasn't necessarily like we had this long list and we were buying all these things. Um, but it, we went to three other places. So we went to Oma, which is a lot like World Market for uh -huh. those of you who are from the U.S. So just like like floor to ceiling stuff, but like nice stuff. More decorative, yeah. More decorative, pretty big place. Uh, then after that, we went to Casa, which I would say is a little bit more upscale than World Market and much smaller, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of At like, least this location was. Yeah, just like nicer stuff. A lot of candles, huge candle huge section. Huge candle selection. Uh, put Yankee Candle to shame. Not really. <laughs> Yankee Candle's a whole store. It's kind of embarrassing. Uh, and then the last place was Espaso Casa, mm -hmm. which is Space House, which Space is what House. that translates to. And that, my friends is Bed Bath & Beyond. Yes. It is enormous. They have inflatable pools. They have a full kitchen section with all the colors of all the ice cream scoops you could possibly want. They have kitchen utensils in every colorway you could imagine. Yeah, but then they also have like a ton of fake plants. They have a ton of organizational stuff that you want. Like they it's have just... an entire Christmas land. That's oh, all. Christmas land. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole like other thing. We haven't decided if we're decorating for Christmas yet know. or not. But anyway, uh, I, I just shared that because I think it would be interesting for those of you who are listening who are like, oh, you go to this place. Like, what are these? Like, those stores, you walk in them, you're like, oh, this feels very familiar. Yes. Like, it doesn't feel uncomfortable. Even grabbing a couple things and getting to the checkout counter and not speaking the same language as the other person, it's very simple to go through the checkout process. We say thank you in Portuguese, obrigado for you, obrigado for me. Uh, you pay the bill. It's very simple. And, and I think for uh, going to four stores in a day, grabbing a bunch of random things here and there, to me, it felt very successful by the end of the day. As mm -hmm. tired as we were, eight hours out of the house, driving an hour each way, mm -hmm. navigating the low point of the, uh, you know, restaurant situation. Mm -hmm. But we did it together. Yeah. And by the time that we got home, I think this is also a true testament of the resilience is like, you didn't even want to get home and just like sit on the couch and just rest. You're like, I'm going to go organize some of my closet stuff. Yeah. I was really tired, but I was really excited to get organized. Yeah. And so I think that like, that's another big part of like leading into one of our favorite things about this last week is like, setting stuff up. And I think for us, like making things our own and like finding a way, like for me, like organizing my, all my coffee supplies that arrived in the There's mail. There's just so much joy in it. Yeah. And I think part of it is going a whole year without having dedicated space or things to like certain activities. <laughs> I just like cannot even describe to you how the tiniest things bring me joy now. Yeah, It's like, oh my gosh, like organizing our um, first aid kit or like our little like medicines wellness kit, yeah. our wellness kit into a drawer the amount of dopamine that <laughs> I was given just by organizing band-aids is like beyond what you could imagine yeah and especially getting to take the band-aids out of the overfilled satchel and like put them into a place where yes, they live like by to themselves. take my like we had this little like what we called wellness kit and it's just a pouch and it's all of our like Pepper Bismol and Tums and Advil and it's like all the things that we would need while traveling right and it's just lived in this like disorganized pouch for an yep. entire year and it's been so helpful but so messy and to be able to separate them all so that I can see what all the little things are I'm telling you, just yeah. really filled up my bucket. Um, we also had a, what arrived when we got back was sitting waiting for us is there is Amazon in Portugal. Uh -huh. It's actually Amazon Spain and a lot of it ships from Amazon UK. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a very nice thing. We don't try to buy a ton of stuff on Amazon anymore, especially because we really broke the habit this entire year of travel. And we don't want to pick it back up again. Like yeah. we want to try to fight the urge of convenience yeah. as much as possible because I do think like it's kind of a slippery slope. Like, we know we got in like again no judgment but like when we lived in california we definitely and during the pandemic got into the amazon thing yeah and it's just like the amount of waste that goes into that the amount of you know yeah everything ripple effects that goes into but that. the good news about having the convenience of amazon is like i could get 
my brand new coffee grinder, which is great. Like uh, there was no place to buy a coffee grinder around right. here. I would have had to go to Lisbon, find a place. They probably may have not even had it in stock. So like the new kettle that we, that we've like had before that now we get to have again, like oh. all those little things. Like I had so much fun getting my little home barista setup going yeah. again and like making my first cup of coffee with all of my little coffee accoutrement. I do little hand uh, poured coffee. It's like a little V60 thing with a ceramic thing. And Oh, it's just amazing and, and lovely. And that's something I had been dreaming about. Like when we were like thinking about this being our home was standing in our kitchen. I'm staring at it where we are right now. Having my little scale, my little coffee brewer, my grinder, my kettle. And I know it sounds so dumb, but I think we're going to do a whole episode on like defining happiness and, and what that looks like. But like that small joy for me mm-hmm. is truly like starting my day with happiness. Like mm-hmm. it fills up my personal life bucket to do that and to have these like little gadgets and gizmos that feel so fun to use a every plenty. day. And it's just so nice to like... And dream did, about it and then actually do it here. I was going to say, but did it live up to it? The oh, dream? for sure. Yeah. It also, it was funny though, because it's, and it's again, like part of what I wanted to talk about of like the difference between like you, you picture a whole day that's perfect. And then you have all these little things run into like the first cup of coffee that I made, like I spilled half of it out the side <laughs> of the brewer. Cause like I didn't fold the, the paper, right. Yeah. And it's just the classic thing of like, right. Oh, I, I saw this going like a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, but like, it's fine. Just like brush it together. No one saw it. Yeah. But it, it is, it has been for the past couple of days, it's gotten easier. I've gotten used to it. I'm now more comfortable. I can make the cup of coffee a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. I really take the moments to like smell the beans along the whole way. And mm-hmm. and again, I know this sounds for some of you like, who cares? Like coffee doesn't matter to me at all. I just like press a button and I make it every day. To me, it's like, it's my joyful start to every day of my life. Yeah. And I wonder for people listening, like if it's not coffee, what are those kind of like mundane parts of your daily existence that you can, that have that little spark of joy that you can then like almost savor and lean into that much more. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if it's like putting on music in the morning, if that, if, if that's happiness to you, like, can you really build out that, um, you know, take that moment from a spark into sort of like a flame that can like really fuel your day. Like what are those kind of mundane things that can, you can make extraordinary? Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What other things do you want to wrap up here in our first, like we've moved into our new home? Um, yeah. I think, I think just capping the feelings. I mean, you know, I definitely have had these moments where just it, that thought creeps in where I'm like, Oh my God, what have we done? Like, yeah. did we really do this? Like, and, and I knew that that was going to happen. I mean, technically, legally, we haven't yet. Yeah, true, true, true. Because, <laughs> like, our visa applications are still true. in we're, that we're process. We're still just tourists. Yeah. But, like, I think with any big change, and it goes back to that kind of surreal feeling, something that you just have to expect is your brain is going to do that thing that it does when you encounter discomfort where you just go, ah, I, I'm nervous. Like, could I just go back to everything I know? You know, like, and there's parts of me that miss the familiarity of that we cultivated over however four years that we lived in that place in Carlsbad. And I just have to go back and remember, I remember distinctly when we moved into that place, I had this exact same feeling, which was, it didn't feel like home yet. And the only remedy for that is time. And, um, so it's been a lot easier actually to traverse some of those feelings for me than I anticipated. Um, because I kind of knew what to expect. And then on top of that, the overwhelming feeling has just been like immense gratitude because 
I know that this place suits us so well. And like when I see the nature, when we walk down to our little beach, which is like 10, a 10 minute walk, 15, nice try. a 15 yeah. minute walk down to the beach. And we see the most gorgeous waves and it's just like this untouched beach. And there's a handful of surfers and a couple little families and us. Yeah. And, and that feels amazing. And just, I don't know. There's so many things that I like about it and I feel really good about this decision and there's going to be harder times ahead, of course. Yeah. But like, I'm so excited to learn Portuguese. I've never been more motivated to learn Portuguese. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that like a couple of the things to me, uh, we moved into, like you said, it's kind of like a little planned community, but it's not gated. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had some hesitations about that because we're like, oh, you know, and we looked at places when we were doing our scouting of like a house that was just kind of by itself. I think we made the right choice for starting off in a community like totally. this. Especially because you you come from a full time year of travel and like you just you have no comforts at all. And coming here, it's like there are people that work here that speak English. There's a handyman that takes care of anything that goes wrong. Like we don't have to figure out any of those things. Yeah. And that reduced stress, I think, is really helpful. Um, I think it just the makes like the transition easier. Like I yeah. can see us in the future, like if we stay, being able to just you know maybe even buy a house that's not in a development. Yeah. Because we'll feel so much more comfortable. But for the transition, like Jason was saying, it's nice to know people who like can understand how the city works with water and yeah. like how the the internet's already set up and like all those things that just I was not looking forward to potentially having to traverse. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, you know, when we did our scouting trip here, you know, we kind of, we talked about this like perfect day that we did where we were here. We drove down to like a little beach town that was like 20 minutes away. We came back we went to the grocery store, which is like six minutes away and just now, having been to that grocery store three times in five days, it proves to me that like, oh, it's a great little grocery store. It's just like a little fresh market for those of you in the U.S. who know what that is. Um, it's not that big, but it does have tons of fresh produce, lots of gluten-free options, which is great for you. Lots of little snacky options too, which is just great because mm -hmm. you want some snacky things. But not too many because by the way, talking about reverse culture shock, yeah. we went grocery shopping when we were back in the United States and oh my God, after shopping in Europe for a year, <laughs> I when I tell you that I almost haven't had a nervous breakdown because there was like 25 different gluten-free crackers. Yeah. And like, I just had forgotten. This is what makes like the U S great. Right. Is like, you have so many options for things. You have totally. so many choices. And I know that's why a lot of people love living there for me personally. It was too much. It was yeah. overwhelming. I'm like, less choices. I want less choices. Yeah. Yeah. There are four gluten-free crackers at our grocery store. Yeah. And there's another grocery store nearby and they may have four more, but like, we're not going to have the aisle of 25 where you're just like, I don't know. All of them have olive oil and sea salt. That's all I can see. So many cookies. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think there are just so many little things that we will start to get into as we start to build routines. Like that's kind of our next phase of mm -hmm. the second week of living here is the morning routine and the work routine and walking to the gym. So like the little community has a gym that's like an eight minute walk away, oh. which we just absolutely love having to ourselves. We haven't seen another person in there yet, <laughs> but hopefully we'll bump into some people and we'll be able to meet some people there. And I do think that, you know, last night you were, we were sitting on the couch and you were like, Oh, I just found this cute little farm that has a restaurant. And you sent me a link to it and it's like 25 minutes down the road. And it's this adorable farm that has this beautiful like farmhouse restaurant as you would imagine it anywhere. And now we might go there on Saturday. And I think those are the things that we'll find those places these next couple of weeks. We already have the little restaurant in town right next to the dinosaur roundabout yeah. uh, where we can grab some lunch or dinner that we have been to a couple of times we know we like. So it's finding all those little places and those little spots that, that we really love that mm -hmm. I think I'm really excited about these next six weeks. So why don't we wrap up with uh, kind of the plan of action 
these next couple of weeks and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then if anybody wants to send questions through, we'll take some questions and maybe answer those on what it's been like to move here. Mm -hmm. So the next few weeks, we are just going to continue to, like you said, build into routines. We have a lot of work work stuff to get caught up on before the end of the year. Um, There's a few things that I want to get tackled before we officially get our visas. Like I want to get the ball rolling on getting like picking out our medical insurance yep. and um, Cause you don't have to get medical insurance here. The public system is very good. Exactly. So you could just totally get by with the public system, but you can supplement with private insurance. Um, and so I want to get that all settled. I want to get a Portuguese tutor. Like I, I like doing the apps a lot, but I want to get a real person cause I learn a lot better when I can like have be corrected on pronunciation and things like that. So before we leave for Christmas, I would love to have like a person um, that can do calls like once a week or whatever to practice my Portuguese because I'm just really committed to, I'm not under any illusions that in a year's time I'm going to be fluent in Portuguese, Yeah. but I would like to be able to understand and get by much better than I do. Yeah, for sure. I also want to do that as well. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see, like, (laughs) who learns it fastest. Um, Yeah, so as you were mentioning, so medical insurance, uh, finding a dentist, finding an optometrist. I need to get my eye prescription updated because I haven't done it in, like, four years. Mm -hmm. And I can tell that my prescription is a little bit outdated. So I'm excited to get that done here and see how that process goes. I also might get LASIK. So maybe getting LASIK in a foreign country is a fun thing that I get to do and everyone could share with everybody. Getting a figuring out the car situation. Yeah, so we're not going to worry about the car situation until we come back in January. So we'll be here for six weeks. Then we go to Florida for Christmas with family. Uh, Then we have a week uh, in between that. Then we come back to the U.S. where we're hoping that our visas are done and approved. Then we'll mail our passports in. Then we'll come back to Portugal. Then we'll do all the like residency stuff that we need to do. Um, But yeah, there's just a lot of little logistical things. So we'll get the car situation figured out for when we come back in January, whether that's leasing a car or long-term rental or just buying e-bikes and just Mm -hmm. e-biking everywhere, you know? And also I just want to like try to find some relaxation. Like I I feel guilty because, you know, it's like my family's been texting me and my friends and they're like, how is it? And And it's like, I feel myself in this little bit of, like I just I want to have time to myself in order yeah. to like process what's happening and I I just now feel like I'm coming down from this whole year of go 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 yeah and so amidst like I just want to kind of enjoy being stationary in these next few weeks and just kind of like rest yeah um and you know so anyway that uh, that's all I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, you, you can rest for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Uh, I don't really need, know what else I was going to say. If you need my say, permission to I rest, yeah, I just you think can. I was just sharing, like, I, I think I'm processing in real time as I'm saying <laughs> the words, like, holy crap, like, we have done so much this year. Yeah. We have, for my brain and body, it has been a lot, and I think I just need some time to process. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's fair to take that time, and I think family and friends and everybody will understand that as well, right? Like it's it's a classic thing of whenever you are doing something and you, like people want to know like how that thing is going and you're not maybe able to respond, you feel guilty. But like from their side, they're like, oh, I understand they're busy. Like it's just, but yeah. the communication hasn't happened, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I've had this daily blog for the entire year of our travels and I'm like five days behind, but I've just like let my mom and grandmother know like, hey, I'm just trying to enjoy this. Like I don't want to spend an hour and a half every morning writing this thing. Exactly. I want to look out the window and drink my coffee slowly for an hour and a half. So, 
so yeah, we'll, we'll keep you up to date. If you have questions that you want us to answer about what life is like here in our first couple of weeks living in Portugal and getting settled and all of those things, please send us an email, hello at Wandering Aimfully. Uh, we'd love to get your questions. We'll answer them in a future episode. Uh, just a quick check-in. I asked you a couple of weeks the number one thing you were looking forward to in our new home, and it is... A comfy blanket. Yeah. How is the comfy blanket working it's out? All of my dreams, and I didn't even have to buy it. It was already here. It was here. already here. Wow. It was exactly Furnished. what I wanted. And when I tell you that I come up in the morning, I I pour the coffee that my husband lovingly made for me yeah. into my mug, and I sit with my comfy, soft ass blanket, <laughs> and I can see the ocean. Yeah, it's pretty magical. It is the most peaceful and gratitude filled like moment for me. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's our first week here in our brand new rental home in Portugal. And we just thank you for coming along on this entire 300 day exactly <laughs> journey with us. And you all are just the most encouraging and fun podcast listeners ever. The emails we get from you are so awesome. And the way that you all are just like happy for us and that you, I feel like sometimes are just like, all in our pockets as we go on these adventures and you're like living vicariously through us. Like it's just the coolest feeling yeah. that we have people all over the world who care and yeah. care to listen to us. Also, if you care for us to upgrade the podcast recording setup <laughs> to have like better mics and like a more acoustically pleasurable and, and, and sound maybe, like, quality, a dedicated studio. If feel you're free to on send an email that. as well, just so I can like read those out loud to Caroline and just be like, Oh, hey, wow. We got like a bunch of people who said like bunch of, people. of our nine listeners, eight of them emailed us <laughs> and said, so, uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week and we hope you enjoy this episode. Goodbye. Bye.